Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Welcome to the show, everybody. All right, tonight we have a, I think it's a four-part series, and it goes from essentially my arrival down here in Fort Pierce, Florida, uh, through the first night where I do my presentation. Not on the show, obviously, but uh, shortly thereafter. And then it gets into sort of the first day and the second day. A little sailing, a little stuff, a little info on how things are going, and a little talking about this beautiful West Sail that I'm on. But uh, yeah, so it's a a four-parter kind of thing, and you'll you'll definitely know when the parts switch over, because you'll hear me do the obligatory welcome to the show kind of yucking it up sort of thing so that'll be the break in between but hopefully you enjoy this uh, montage of uh, four days in a row condensed into just over an hour of listening pleasure but before we start the show like i always say if you want to help support this beautiful podcast and i do say that it is a beautiful podcast you can consider becoming part of the patreon family uh follow the link in the description of the episode patreon.com and uh consider joining throwing a throwing a bone my way and uh that helps me helps sparrow helps in future adventures and uh you know keeping this podcast ad free other than that we do have two links for just online you know regular donations if somebody wants to you know they're in christmas uh, mode and they want to throw a little something our way and not have to sign up for a, a subscription you can do it via paypal or venmo and then obviously we have the merch line still available as always shirts hoodies all that sort of stuff and if you just want to reach out to the show sailing into oblivion.com Follow the podcast button to the contact the show link, and those go directly to me. Thank you all so, so very much for listening and uh, for all your support throughout the many years now that we've been doing this. So hopefully you enjoy the show, and here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. Uh, and I mean that in the physical sense this time, believe it or not. Uh, I no longer in the great state of northern Michigan. I am in Fort Pierce, Florida. Holy smokes. Aboard a beautiful West Sail 32. One of the most beautiful West Sail 32s. And uh, it feels really good to be back. This is amazing. Um, I am sitting amongst the finely varnished woodwork of the salon. Uh, our main cabin, if you will. Uh, on a West Sail, you know, because it is smaller. The main cabin is made up of... The galley, the nav station. Uh, this particular West Sail has a pilot berth, which is aft of the nav station, which is super, super cool. Uh, it actually reminds me of the very first West Sail 32 that I was able to step foot on way back in the day in my bitter end days. And, um, yeah, it, it, it sort of changes the configuration as far as the fuel capacity, I think, a bit. Because right where that pilot berth is on this boat, on Sparrow, there is the second fuel tank. Um, so that obviously changes things. But this one definitely has a lot of different uh, nuances than Old Sparrow. And I tell you, I don't know what it is, but you hop on... I know it's rare to have a chance to hop on a, another boat that is similar 
yet customized. Uh, and I know West Sales, being as old as they are and as cult classic-y, uh, if you will, as they are, they tend to be modified and made sort of custom by the multiple owners that they've had over the decades. And Mighty Sparrow is no different, for sure. She's got a lot of different uh, color schemes and materials. We did away with a lot of the wood paneling to brighten up the interior on Sparrow. And a lot of the countertops, instead of being wood, they're sort of a faux blue marbly sort of look uh and that's eh, that's okay i've never i've never hated it i wouldn't mind some wood uh but i also realized that the i don't know it's not linoleum but it's some sort of you know just fake fake top thing uh on top of the the regular wood and uh it's pretty much undamageable, uh, which on Sparrow is a good thing to have. Um, but it just doesn't have that classic yacht feel that uh, I'm sitting in right now. I'm, I'm this this boat is dripping with yacht swagoo. And I, oh man, hold on, we gotta. Oh, this is the uh, presentation tomorrow. I gotta pause this for a second. Be right back. <laughs> got the jitters and eh, not really well maybe a little bit a little bit of the jitters because we're going back to the old uh presentation uh an old not meaning old just you know the one previous to the one i've been doing but they're pretty excited i'm pretty excited i was able to pack a bunch of books in the old uh in the old checked luggage and everything and they survived thank goodness uh intact because you don't want to sell a ratty old book by any means but um yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'm I'm very, very excited. Uh, but I did definitely lose track of exactly what I was talking about, so I'm just going to dive right back into my plaudits and praise of this beautiful vessel. Um, I do notice, though, uh, if you have watched the video on YouTube about my tour of this boat, uh, it's on there. It's like tour of the best West Sail I've ever seen or something like that. But there was a very, very classic yachting uh, oil lamp that had a very fragile, beautiful uh, frosted glass cover and all sorts of stuff that used to be right up on the, on the forward bulkhead. And I think I even mentioned in the video, I was like, there's something that's going to be a keepsake that's got to go home. This just doesn't have any business being on a small, small boat like this. <laughs> and and it's gone. Yes, it's actually gone. It's been replaced by, oh, a nice little barometer. Yes, those come in handy, and they're a little bit more durable, so that's good. Mm. Cheers, by the way. It's uh, just getting into sunset time. I just got here. It was a long day. Wake up. I actually woke up before 5 this morning. And I was kind of thinking, like, ah, oh, come on, I don't have to leave for the airport till six fifteen. I'm driving myself, obviously. It's northern Michigan, not a lot of Ubers up there, but uh, kind of tried to roll back over and get another hour of sleep. And then I was just like, why, why? If I'm already awake, let's get up. And so I got up. That gave me time. I made breakfast, coffee, to finish this this little documentary I was watching on Nolan Ryan before I went to bed. What a legend that guy was. Holy smokes. Just the goat when it comes to pitching, I guess. Um, 
but yeah, that started, uh, you know, it started the day off right, but it's been a long day for sure. I was only able to sleep for just a, a little bit on the plane, so I'm definitely going to have an early night, but just like every uh, other other presentation, I spend the uh, at least an hour or so the night before just tweaking and uh, making sure making sure the storyboard is in my head and everything and all, all the lies that I have to spill tomorrow because uh, I didn't actually sail it. No, <laughs> um, just, you know, it's been a little while, so I want to make sure this one goes off really, really well. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, after, after that one, it's go time into sailing aboard this beautiful boat. And essentially what we've got... We're located in Fort Pierce, and the game plan is between essentially the 7th and the 27th, so we have about, or 17th, so we have about 10 days, and we're trying to do some coastal sailing, some overnights, um, nothing too far afield, you know, we're not sailing out to Bermuda or anything like that. But we would like to utilize the great state of Florida, maybe all the way up to Georgia, uh, out to the Gulf Stream, possibly the Bahamas. But the one thing that is going to dictate all of what we do is uh, the weather. And the weather actually is looking pretty interesting. I mean, I, I suppose it's typical uh, December weather for for this far south. But we do have a pretty massive system rolling in at the very beginning Uh or the end of this week, Sunday, the 10th. And we're going to see some really strong winds coming up from the south, shifting over to uh, northwesterlies, and then pretty much piling right out of here. And I don't know. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where when I when we hop on this boat and we do these coastal passages and stuff, you know, we, we're going to get into some stuff. I'm sure we're going to see some squalls. Um, but we're not, this isn't like, oh, we're going to go and learn how to deal with heavy weather and the Gulf Stream. Um, that would be ludicrous at this point. And what we're looking to do is get some experience going and doing some overnights from port to port. Uh, you know, dealing with the weather that comes, but not heading out and knowing that within 12 hours it's going to be blowing, you know, I think one of the things, yeah, steady 36 knots. We're, we're, we're not trying to go out and do a gale uh, is what I'm sort of saying. So it's going to be really interesting. I think with this 10-dayer, our, our focus is really going to be uh, calling the weather and trying to make sure we are still getting underway, getting ready to move, doing things that we can do. Uh, while not being walloped by weather and caught out in some pretty ugly stuff. And the interesting thing is over, you know, over the next 10 days, and we can only go out so far. I'm only, I'm only faithful for about four days of any forecast because I know everything changes so quickly. But um, so we still have, because tomorrow is the presentation uh, and Thursday is probably going to be, Unless unless we get a lot of stuff done Wednesday, we're going to have a meeting, uh, the owners and I, and we're going to try and come up with a bit of a game plan because Thursday and Friday, although some of it's light winds, we don't start seeing the real heavy impacts until Saturday night. 
And so that that does afford us one, two, three days of, you know, decent sailing, mostly winds out of the east and out of the south. So um, that gives us the possibility of at least getting in possibly an overnight to a destination to hunker down for the Sunday, Monday weather. And then we get a nice little northerly blow for a bit. That's going to be crucial to take advantage of that if it holds true. And then we're looking pretty good. Um, definitely some windier conditions for a few days after that. And then we have the next system uh, looking like on the 13th. And I'm just using windy on the old computer. Uh, and again, you know, the 13th is really far out. Today, the, the day that I'm recording this, this is uh, the 5th. So way, way, way too far to base any sort of trips on and all that sort of stuff. And I think when we have our meeting, that's going to be like the first thing is let's not let's 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 trust the forecast. Let's only look at the forecast uh, five days out because you know what? We can't trust it. We don't want to base anything on it. Uh, luckily we're already on the coast, we're on the boat and we're in a marina. So we're, you know, we're not doing a, a 10 day passage to Bermuda or the BVI or Turks and Caicos or anything like that. It's, it's more, we can pick and choose when we go and where we go. And it's going to be pretty fun. You know, I, I, I think our parameters essentially probably wouldn't want to go much further North than Charleston or Buford or Savannah. Um, and then we wouldn't want to go further south, obviously, than Key West. And uh, if we were able to get into and on to the Bahamas, obviously, it would either be Bimini or it'd be like uh, the West End, Freeport, you know, that that sort of stuff right there. West End is kind of interesting. I, I do kind of wonder about that. I mean, they got the nice little cut and they got these marinas and all sort of stuff. I need to do a little bit more research on it, but um, that one, at least we don't have to go too far south. Ooh, I thought it was raining. <sighs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a little tricky. We're, you know, I, I'm obviously the game plan is to, the, the ultimate goal is to gain experience. We don't want to, we want to keep things safe and we want the boat to not get beaten up if we can help it. Those are sort of the three main things and not necessarily in that order because, you know, safety is always first, but um, the experience gained is, is really crucial because, you know, ideally after this session, after, after doing the marina skills and the very basics of sailing, Last spring, coming back now, we're going to do some overnights and everything. The real the real meat and potatoes for me as someone coming down here to to sort of share my experience and, and help um, get used to this boat is that after enough time, I'm, I'm, I walk down the dock and they untie the lines and they go and have themselves a great adventure out in the Bahamas or even further afield or just down in the keys marathon all those places and to me that that is going to be the um that's going to be the proof that it was a success and you know i'm pretty sure we're going to get there um mark and steph are fantastic people we get along really well uh i think they've got it in them to be great sailors and end up down 
I can't wait till I get a postcard from Grenada some year down the line and they talk about all the cruising they've done throughout the uh, the Caribbean island chain from the BVI on down. I don't know. I, I'm definitely very hopeful. They got the right attitude. They definitely have the right boat. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So I recorded a little bit last night uh, when I was up in Michigan outside of a fire. Um had to figure, you know, I was just like, man, it's my last night up here. It's cold. I'm in the ice age. This is great. Let's go have a big fire out in the woods. There wasn't any wind. It was one of the windless nights, the first ones we've had in a while. And if you really want to enjoy a, a nice wintertime fire, it needs to be one of those nights where there's no wind. And the cool thing is, is that the, the sun goes down very early. So you can start the fire at like four o'clock and you're going to be leaving in the dark. So... So that was pretty cool. So I'll piece that together. And I think what I'll end up doing, because these are all going to be probably in that 10 to 20 minute range, I'm just going to keep doing them. And when I get close to an hour, I'll string them all together and I will put them out. So that should be pretty good. Um, so yeah, until next time, uh, this is day evening one, the arrival uh, to the West Sail 32 in Florida. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, welcome back. We're at day two, being down here in Fort Pierce, Florida. Just got back to the boat after uh, the presentation. Holy smokes! Wow, it was it was crazy. I have uh, I have not done that presentation in years in front of a live audience, and uh, to say I missed a few of my cues would be an understatement. But you know, it's one of those stories where. I think because I lived it, um, it really is, um, it doesn't really, I don't know. It, it's, it's not quite like the, the other presentation that I've been doing in that, you know, you've got this very, very strict sort of line of like, okay, this is what happened and you're trying to fill, you know, I'm never trying to fill an hour. I'm trying to keep it to an hour, uh, with both my stories essentially, but with this one, there's there's just so much that you you're always cherry picking sort of all the stuff and uh, oh what a just great group of people super fun everybody loved it um, I loved meeting everybody beforehand afterhand my my voice is definitely a little hoarse now because just been talking sort of nonstop but um, oh what a great. Uh, it was just great. It was so so cool. I can't. I I'm. I feel so blessed and so so fortunate to be able to, uh, you know, fly to a place and not only not only do a presentation, but then go and do some sailing stuff uh, and and do it. You know, as a way to make a living. Like I am just. I'm basking in the fact that I'm just so lucky to be able to do this and fortunate and all that. So I. I Definitely huge shout out to everybody at the Fort Pierce Yacht Club, Victoria for for setting everything up. The Commodore came, all that sort of stuff too, and it is very very cool. But biggest biggest shout out is uh, Mark and Steph who are the owners of this West Sale, and uh, I get to I get to be able to just sort of they they set me up in this this beautiful beautiful vessel, and uh, I got to meet a bunch of other West Sailors tonight. Um, really really amazing stuff. Uh, we were gonna do a a group shot because there were 
I think between all of us, there would have been five West Sale owners uh, at this. It was almost like a mini rendezvous. So very, very cool. Got to meet some really interesting people and, and hopefully make some good connections. Um, shout out Tiffany. Uh, she's doing like full on refit of her boat. And if the weather does what the weather looks like it's going to do, and we're not going to be able to do as much sailing as we thought, uh, I might be able to get some really great podcasting in while I'm on this side of the coast while we're sort of waiting. So that is a silver lining, I guess, to, uh, to what I'm going to talk about now, which is the weather, man, it is, uh, Oh, it's frustrating. Um, you know, all we want to do is get out there and get some get some miles under the keel and get some experience going and all that sort of stuff. But uh, essentially, we're coming in. So recording this on Wednesday, the sixth, on the evening, and we essentially tomorrow we have a high pressure system rolling off of the the east coast of Florida. <coughs> Excuse me, which is going to kill off a lot of the wind. First of all, cheers. Mm. Mm. Oh, I earned that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then things start to fill in a little bit from the southeast on Friday. That's our that's our hopeful arena because we might have at least Friday to go day sailing, Saturday to go day sailing. Uh, and quite possibly intermix Friday and Saturday into an overnight. The trouble that we're running into is we're here in Fort Pierce, and the Gulf Stream is literally 18 miles offshore. So it doesn't leave us with a whole lot of room, because if we were to want to do just like an out and back, where you know we go and sail for 20 hours out to sea, and then turn around and sail 20 hours or 24 hours back, um, the trouble is that we're going to get swept north, you know, probably 20 more miles or so, if not more, depending on how strong the wind is and how fast we're moving. And, um, the issue that wouldn't normally be an issue except for by Sunday morning, the winds start to crank and this system is, uh, rolling in and then it's going to be blowing, you know, 25 knots out of the South. Which again, for a West Sale, you know, it's not a huge deal. But like I said, we're this 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 sailing sort of consulting arena here. The the goal of it isn't heavy weather sailing. We're not there yet. Um, we're we're looking just to get the basics down, working on the reefing, all that sort of stuff. So we'll have to sort of see. And I mean, that twenty five is what it starts at, and then we start. I'm clicking. I'm looking at it right now. We're looking at thirty one knots sustained winds. Gusts probably way higher, I'm sure. Um, that's Sunday. Monday, it starts to move out, and we get the northerly breeze. And, you know, that if this was like a heavy weather sailing course, we'd probably do a lap around um, Bahama, the little bank, Bahama, the northern bank of the Bahamas. Um, you know, head out for like three days, then go south, and then cut back in just to get a nice like week long trip because the winds then go from north to west and then they pipe right back up out of the west and that's what uh, although it does yeah, no it's just it's just sticking around we're getting the christmas winds early folks um that that is what it looks like to me and um 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of a bummer. Um, we might have to, you know, we're we're definitely going to get some sailing in. That that is without question. Um, but it's it's kind of logistically a little bit of a an issue because it's you know you you travel you travel to go and do this thing and um, everybody we want to do it but we got to do it safe we got to do it in a certain manner and and we're we're definitely at mother nature's whim quite a bit here and the thought of postponing um to another month has uh definitely been thrown around you know maybe maybe swing up here after the next delivery and see if we uh have some better more consistent wins um and i'm open to that you know it's not i'm because uh, just it's not it's one of those things where i guess i mean you know I could easily be like, well, you know, I flew down here, da da da. You could pay me all this money, and it's not really about that. It's about the experience, and it's about time. And you know, obviously, we'll work something out for sure. But um, you know, I can remember when we were learning how to kite surf in on the island of Cyprus, and we were working with this small kite surfing school. And the issue came up. I remember we talked about it as a class to become instructors. And it was like, well, if people fly out here and the wind dies and they've bought this package to learn how to kite surf, you know, what do you do? And and a couple people in the in the thing sort of were like, well, I guess we have to refund their money. And I was like, no, this is a business like you can't you can't do that. Like you'll you'll never make it as a business. I mean they had a storefront, they had an inventory, they had a lot of, uh, stuff invested in that, in that one location. I'm a little bit different because I'm, I'm, I'm mobile. Uh, we were able to do a presentation here and all that sort of stuff. And, and I have to take that into account. Plus the people that I'm working with, uh, you know, they're, I, I, when I look at them, I don't see just like a dollar sign. I see two, two fellow sailors that were trying to reach a certain goal and we're kind of in it together. So, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll be able to sort of figure something out and you know, there's, there are other factors. I mean, I, I get to go from here and then head over, uh, to go and see, you know, the family on the other side of Florida. And so that's intermixed with, you know, if, if this was just like a straight, just a job, just clients. I was just flying in. We got the tickets. We got down here and the weather's going to block us completely. And I'm just going to fly home. If I didn't know the, the clients and everything, then yes, it might be a bit of a different story. But in this situation, it's, it's one of those things where we're, we're just going to, we're going to have to be flexible. We're going to make things work and, uh, and we'll go from there. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad I'm taking that route because I, I definitely have a feeling we're, we're going to do a lot more sailing in the future. Um, but regardless of all that, the game plan, though, is, you know, hopefully squeeze out whatever we can in the next few days. Uh, maybe a few projects. We got we to gotta run some rigging, some reefing lines, things like that. Remind myself uh, about sort of the boat and how things work. We're going to look at some of the systems that we didn't get to the last time I was on the boat. And then, yeah, ideally maybe Friday and Saturday, we'll be able to uh, do some sailing. And, it, you know, honestly, maybe even Sunday, Sunday might be one of those days where we get to go out and push it a little bit because 
it is, you know, the winds are going to pick up, but they're out of the south. And that means that, you know, the inlet is not going to be insane. I mean, that's one of the things that we, we definitely learned being down here last time is this, this inlet here at uh, Fort Pierce can get pretty dicey. It's narrow. Uh, if you catch it on the wrong tide, essentially, it turns into just chaos out there, even on a slight wind. And so we, we definitely have to time that right and make sure that our waves and everything are going in the right direction and such. But, um, yeah, I mean, Sunday, Sunday definitely looks like it would be more of a heavy weather day, but it would, it would still be safe to go out to cruise, uh, for the day, you know, reefed down, really powered up all that sort of stuff and then head back in for the end of it. And then, yeah, I mean, Monday, Monday is North winds and, uh, you know, with the north winds, it's not it's not too bad because as long as you're not gutting it out in the Gulf Stream, you're going to be okay. But I, I, you know, also at the same time, it's it's not one of those things where we're at a point where we want to do the heavy weather stuff right now. We still just want to get the basics down. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But one of the nice parts about doing the presentation tonight and everything was that I got to meet quite a few different people. Uh, with all sorts of different aspects uh, in the sailing world and all that. And quite possibly, if we've got, uh, if things wrap up early here and I can hop in a, a rental car or something like that, I might be able to do some uh, some pretty interesting shows. So another little silver lining, always looking for the good um, when things, you know, don't work out exactly our way. So I guess we'll sort of see, but um, yeah, that's that's pretty much just my update. I get back to the boat. It's freezing cold out, FYI. Um, it feels like it's about 40 degrees. I know it's not that cold. It's probably about 50, 55 maybe, but I've got my sweater on <laughs> in Florida and my jeans. And uh, looking at a chilly night for sure, but a good one. I'm going to definitely get some good sleep, and then we're going to start fresh around 9 tomorrow or something and, uh, and see where we go and what we do, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to get on the old mic, uh, keep the updates going, and uh, yeah. Oh man, it was so it was so fun to tell that story because that story, I you know, it's weird that I've been going around telling this story about this disaster and trying to make the lessons learned worth me going out there and getting my butt kicked. And that's a very different tale than going out and taking on this epic challenge, having pitfalls, having to overcome things. Uh, but in the end, you know, uh, achieving the goal and being, you know, successful in what I was trying to do. Very, very different uh, dynamic sort of talks and stuff. And yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it's it's fun to tell this story. It's, it's fun to sort of relive it and... Um, I'm just, I'm so fortunate to have people that actually want to not only host me, but then an audience that, that wants to come and, and fill a room and li listen to me jabber on for an hour. Oh man, it, it really boggles my mind, but it makes me want to, it makes me want to retool a lot of that, uh, a lot of that presentation and, um, you know, just, just a little editing, a little, little this, little of that, but, um, 
Yeah, really, really. Oh, it was fun. It was fun to retell that story. So I'm on. I'm on cloud nine right now. I'm gonna go up topside. Enjoy, enjoy the crisp night Florida air. You don't say that too often, and uh, have the rest of my beer, and then I'm going to bed. But uh, thanks for listening, and until the next update. This was day two. Welcome uh, to the show, part three, four. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't barely keep track of any of this sort of stuff. I think this would be part three, if I'm not mistaken. But we had a good day out on the water. This is actually day, uh, this is the third day of getting on the boat and doing stuff. Uh, Or no, actually, no, sorry. It's the second day. Uh, And we actually got out sailing, which was pretty fun. Uh, The weather... It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Uh, yesterday, we spent the day, just as a bit of a recap, I suppose, but we spent the day kind of going over the systems on the boat, looking at some of the issues, because essentially, you know, I was on this boat last May, and then the boat was taken and hauled out for the hurricane season and then splash back in, and so everybody's kind of trying to get back into the swing of things, so to speak. And again, I mean, you know, Game plan was to come down here and do some coastal cruising up between the Keys and maybe like Jacksonville and then a trip out to the Bahamas and back. The weather, though, is not looking good at all anymore. We're, we're basically trying to utilize the two days where we've got a moderate southeasterly to just get out there and, and reef the sails and do all that sort of stuff before things uh it seems like we're, we're just gonna have to find other things to do and yesterday just to before you just hop on the boat and set sail we get to check things over and there were issues that we had talked about last spring and still sort of scratching our head over how to you know this, this boat has reefing a reefing staysail with a staysail boom on it so there are there are some things that are quite a bit different than mighty sparrow so it doesn't take more than a good, you know, a good long look, a scratch of the chin, you know, a noodling of the brain, if you will, to sort of figure out uh, ways in which we can make these things work easier and be, you know, it, essentially one of the things that I'm kind of finding about this boat is that it's really set up for, uh, I don't want to say like lake sailing, but essentially a lot of the systems are perfect for a place that isn't dealing with lots of big waves, swell, all that sort of stuff. And we are changing that. We, you know, the, the game has changed. The playing field is, uh, we're, we're going to the big house, uh, so to speak, or at least that's the game plan. And so, you know, things like preventers and making sure the reefing systems are all all working and, and getting rid of the things we don't need and making sure that we have what we do need to make for safe sailing in offshore passages. So that's sort of the game plan. And um, yeah, so we basically took that first day and did a lot of stuff. We sorted some tech issues out, uh, some problems with the AIS and all that. And I, and again, you know, I'm no expert in you know, any of these, but I've worked with enough enough uh, B and G systems to be able to sort of uh, troubleshoot and and get. Well, there's one thing that we can't figure out, and it's it's the the internet keeps sort of dropping off. And I'll tell you, I mean, you know, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of technology on a boat. I don't like to rely on screens and chart plotters and all that sort of stuff give me a chart 
give me something that spits out GPS coordinates and I'm happy guy. You know, that's just me. I'm old school. Um, but if you've got the kit, you want to make sure it's working and usable and all that stuff. And the B&G that's on this boat is great. I mean, it's integrated. There's one screen at the nav station. There's another in the cockpit. It's really up to date. But, you know, it relies essentially almost solely on being able to connect to the Internet to download the charts that you're looking for and all that sort of stuff. It does have the slots for the micro SD card. And, you know, from the little bit of chart plottering that I did back in the day, that was always how it was done before, you know, trying to do the wireless stuff. It was that you'd, you'd buy the chip or you'd download. I can remember downloading charts uh, onto a micro SD for even a handheld Garmin uh, GPS unit and utilizing that until I left it on a boat that we were doing a day sail with like an idiot. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, you utilize the computer to get the charts off the internet, put them onto a memory chip, and then you plug that into your chart plotter. And that, you know, that kind of works nice because if you have to do like a factory reset out at sea for some reason, and you wipe everything, if you've got your micro SD with you and on, on the previous boat, we, you know, John had tons of them. He had everything. So we could we could have done complete factory resets and uh, and been up and running in, in minutes with charts of, of anywhere we want. And I like that. I, I think that's a great fail-safe to have. Um, so we're trying to figure those things out on this boat to, to simplify and make them as more uh, bulletproof as we possibly can. So we did that, and then we did a few, you know, things with running the reefing lines and like I said, sort of noodling over uh, the stay sale and, and all that sort of stuff. But then uh, today, you know, we had we had a nice little nice little day for we had a nice little breeze pick up and decided, hey, you know, let's head on out doing a little little bit of the dockage stuff, doing some pivot turns in the fairway and docking up and everything. And everybody did a great job with that. We're, you know, chipping the rust off in that realm. You know, if you, if you haven't docked your boat in six months, it can be a little nerve wracking to have that, uh, that experience right away again. But, you know, it's one of those things where the more you do it, the better you get, the better you get, the more confidence you have. And you go from there. I mean, it's, you know, it's simple. It's simple stuff. And, but it's it's nice. It's I suppose that's where I come in. It's just nice to have somebody who's, who's you know, got sort of the confidence to, to go through it and, and walk, walk you through the steps and uh, not yell at you because I'm not one of those type of guys. Uh, I like to, I like to, I, I, I just like to make sure we all know what we're about to do before we do it. So there's no surprises, and when there are surprises, it doesn't really matter because we calm, cool, and collective. But anyway, we did a bunch of docking stuff, and then we headed right out. And we kind of, you know, so we don't spend eight hours out there, you know, sailing in between the coast and the Gulf Stream, which is only 14 miles away, because um, we don't want to get swept too far north, all that sort of stuff. We essentially just kind of went out for a couple hours, but that meant that we had to leave this little inlet when the the current was was ebbing. So the current was heading out, and the waves and everything were, were heading back in. And holy smokes, you know, it really is. It it, it makes me think about that, that big storm in the Gulf Stream last fall, because holy smokes. 
it just upsets the surface of the sea to have that happening so much. It generates such crazy waves. I mean, we were hobbersing. We we dunked that bowsprit like two or three times, like full on. We got into one little set of about four or five waves that just literally stopped us in our tracks. And we've got a great engine on this boat, you know, no excuse for that sort of thing. It's just, you know, it's the hull shape. It's a, it's a west sail. It's got a big rounded bow and... You know, it's almost like it's allergic to a little waves and wind chop. But, you know, we had the mainsail up. We were ready for an engine failure. We're ready for pretty much anything, turn tail and, and head back in if we needed to. Uh, luckily, you know, with a little bit of patience and perseverance, we started kind of jogging our way, port and starboard, you know, taking the waves a little less right on the bow and we get out. And, and once you get away from the inlet, now it's it's great. It's absolutely, you know, it's not perfect because there was some old swell rolling out there and some new wind chops, some cross seas. But we put the sails up and, uh, or, well, we had the sails up already, but we threw the jib out to give us a little extra power. And then suddenly it's like, boom, hook that hydrovane in. And, you know, it's great because I, everybody's, everybody's faces go from kind of like a grimace to like, ugh, getting out of this inlet to like, oh. We just shut the engine down. We're sailing. Oh, and it felt great. You know, nice uh, close reach or a beam reach off to the north. Oh, it was lovely. And, you know, it was kind of an overcast day and stuff, but still just it just felt good to peel through the waves. And and even though we were only going to be out there for a little bit, but um, yeah, it felt good. This boat just sails. It sails so well. Everything is just so tight. You know, Sparrow's, Sparrow's kind of loose compared to this and... Uh, yeah, it felt really good. We're just sort of cruising and uh, and enjoying, enjoying our our lovely little bit of time and go out there. We sail. We do a couple maneuvers, a couple jabs, a couple tacks. Test it out. Mess around with the. Uh, this one has a hydrovane on it, so that's the independent rudder. So you lock off the tiller in the center, and then the hydrovane just uh, does everything else for you. And it's cool. It's interesting. But, you know, we, we tried to tack with it and we couldn't do it because, you know, the wind chop would, would basically dead stop us when we were headed straight into the wind. So uh, I don't even think Mongo could have tacked us um, in in the conditions. You know, I would have had to unhook it and, and do everything. But mm, it was really good. Cheers, by the way. Having a tequila and some sort of What's it called? Waterloo? Yeah, like a sparkling water or something, just with a hint of pineapple. Or lime, lime. But some nice tequila. We had a nice discussion about Dirk Pitt, the character from the Clive Cussler novels. And uh, though over the top those stories may be, they uh, kept me quite entertained on many a sale. And uh, Dirk was a big fan of tequila. So who knows? Maybe that's uh, maybe that's the new direction to go into. I don't know. Um, this is one of those uh, gigs, though, where it's, you know, you have one one cocktail at the end of the day and that is it. I went to bed literally last night at like 745. I was exhausted. I think it was just being out in the sun uh, all day so, as opposed to being in Michigan, you know, hunkered down in a basement, looking at a screen and all that sort of stuff, trying to do other other things but um yeah you know it's uh i don't know it, it was it was really nice to just get out there but the big the big thing i want to talk about was just the, the drastic change so we went out and the tide was going out against the wind against the waves rough 
ugly, you know, uh, right on the edge. Uh, if those waves were like two two feet bigger, we would have turned back for sure. It would have been like, nah, nah, we're not gonna, we're not doing this. I mean, the engine, the the rudder, eh, propeller would have been coming out of the water, and we would have not been making much headway at all. So, um, but slack tide came and then uh we waited a little bit longer about a half an hour or so after that so the flood tide was coming currents coming in it's going with the waves going with the wind all that sort of stuff and we headed up and we're all kind of like you know oh, i wonder what it's gonna be like it was pretty hairy coming out and i didn't even know because you know each each little inlet's gonna be pretty much the same this one has a depth of about 33 feet or something like that so it's a deep channel <laughs> flat as a pancake couple couple little old swell that would roll in but man that water moving in that fast it just cuts it like nothing absolute 180 as far as what it was like coming in and uh just goes to show you know you be patient you time those things just right and you're gonna enjoy your time a whole lot excuse me a whole lot more uh and you're not gonna get that fear factor in and that is absolutely 100 percent uh just the best it's it's so so much nicer to have all that happen and you know all it is is you're you're waiting like six hours one side or the other you know if we wanted to go out tomorrow which we may um if we want to make it the same we did we just have to stay out there a lot longer because we'd want to go when it's actually flooding which is like seven in the morning um, just to make it so that that steep chop doesn't build up, you know, we're going to be going slower cause we're going against the, the, the tide, but we'll get through it with a lot less, uh, white knuckling. And then, you know, we just have to stay out there for quite some time so we don't catch it, uh, you know, when, when it's, uh, ebbing and now it's building up those crazy waves. Although I'd rather go with those waves than, uh, against them. That's for sure. So. Yeah, I don't know. We're we're uh, we're a little bit, you know, dismayed on having to sort of cut things short now. But I'm I'm uh, very confident that we'll be able to fill fill the gap in hopefully uh, in late January, uh, that sort of timing frame. Uh, maybe right after the next delivery, come back up here, and then uh, and then we get our. It was really cool because Steph, uh, she's got the adventurous spirit. I mean, they both do, but Steph was the one who whipped the paper chart out and was like, "What are you about going all the way around the the little Bahama Bank?" Which we then laid out, you know, how long the distance and all that sort of stuff. And it's about four or five days for this boat to do it. And you know, that's that's actually works well with a lot of the wind patterns. Where if you started out with a nice little southerly for a day or two. And then it switches around to like the north, uh, and then cuts around to the east. We're you know we're looking at pretty much a uh, almost a, a beam reach downwinder the whole way there and back, and that'd be pretty cool. Maybe stop at West End or something like that just to just to make the experience complete because these guys will eventually end up cruising the Bahamas, you know, for a few weeks uh, throughout the rest of this winter. And I think once we once we get them over there uh, for the first time, sort of uh, break the ice, if you will, it's going to work out pretty well. I think it really will. I think I think sometimes it's all it takes is just that you take that first step, you sort of break free, you, you know, you get the guidance you need for that. And then, boom, it's sort of like, all right, we did it. We don't have anything else much to fear. I mean, I'm pretty hands off. I'm I'm really, and I sometimes I kind of feel a little guilty about it, but um, 
you know, as an instructor or a consultant, you know, you, you got to be hands off. If you're not, if you're doing something, that means people aren't that your students aren't actually learning to the best that they can learn because you're doing it for them and just showing them. You don't want to do that. There are certain times when that is acceptable, but it's really, it's, it's, uh, it, it makes things go faster. It seems like, Oh, I taught so much more, but in, in essence, you just haven't taught them anything because you didn't make them do it themselves. And so I'm pretty standoffish, but I'm right there in the wings, making sure nobody gets hurt. Everybody stays safe. We don't do something stupid. That's all it is. Really. That's all my job is. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm loving it. I am freaking loving it. This plush, it, it definitely helps out quite a bit when you have uh, a great group of people, um, like these two. I mean, it's just fun. It's just fun. I would, I would come and just sail with them if we were just friends. And I, for whatever reason, I was just, I would just come and do it. It's, it's just great. They're, they're fun to be with. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to that. We got we got essentially two more days, so to speak, on the boat, and then we have a very very special guest coming on the show. Um, hopefully, if we can like make it all work, but I ran into uh, a very very nice young lady, Tiffany, who is in the midst of a complete restoration uh, of her West Sail Thirty Two, in hopes of I think doing a circumnavigation. Now we're gonna get to the bottom of this. Whether or not it's uh, a solo nonstop or if it's a through the trade winds for many years, but she's literally breaking her boat down to, you know, bare bones. I mean, removing chain plates and doing it all on the water, which can be excessively hard. There was one Instagram post where I saw where she's essentially uh, she's taking the rub rail off and the rub rail is not easy to deal with. You've got to be on a raft. Uh, there's no way you could be hanging over the boat and doing it. I don't think now without dropping pretty much everything you're doing. So very impressive stuff. I am super stoked. I'm, I'm fingers crossed. Hope that we can get that, that podcast out for everybody. Cause that, that'll be a really good one. Cause it's, I don't know. It's kind of a throwback for me because I remember being in that situation. I mean, I didn't have to take Sparrow down to bare, bare bones, but if you consider all the things that I did to Sparrow from the moment I got, um, moment I bought the boat to the moment I left from Gloucester, there was a pretty big refit there. So you know, it just spanned you know nine months or whatever. But yeah, so I don't know. In any event, that's that's uh, pretty much it. I want to do a shout out though to uh, Chris. Uh, you know who you are, big big uh, supporter of the show. He also hit me up and said, "Hey man, you ever uh, you ever have anybody tell you about your volume level?" Um, so I'm gonna be trying to mess with that with this podcast first, and hopefully I will hear back from somebody who says, "Yeah, it's way better now." The worry the worry with the volume stuff is. If you crank the volume up too much um, on the mic, it picks up all the other sounds and you get this hum in the background. So you don't want the hum. But at the same time, you do you don't want people to have to crank the radio the whole time when they're listening to it. And um, I know a lot of people just listen with either headphones or in their cars or something like that. And, uh, yeah, I just want to make sure I'm doing the best possible quality. So, Chris, I really appreciate you uh, pointing that one out. It may just be something with the little equalizer or whatever that I'm, I'm pumping it through. Um, but I'm going to try my best to up the game on that one and, uh, yeah, hopefully produce a little bit better, better quality for everybody, a little listening pleasure. Um, so 
constructive criticism, man, goes a, goes a long way. Um, but I, I will say, you know, on the opposite end of that spectrum, and I normally don't even look at these things, but it just sort of caught my eye. But you'd love this comment from some some person. Uh, I, I just posted a nice little 10-second eh, video of this beautiful West Sale on YouTube. And uh, in the... In the I don't know. This is just this is the this is the comment that goes. This yacht concept is bloody outdated. Who cares? You could sail it for decades, not needing specifications that are better in different yachts. What yacht do you really need? Like you get these comments, it doesn't even make much sense. I get. I don't know. We used to have a saying back in the eighties uh, when I was growing up, and it said that. Uh, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. And that, that is gone. That is so far in the past, it's, it's almost scary. It's, uh, you get on the old social media stuff, and it's, it's like, if you got something nice to say, eh, nobody's ever going to care anyway. Dig into them. <laughs> it's like, what the heck? But anyway, I have, luckily, I've finally gotten to a point where it just don't really, it does not matter. It just doesn't matter. You get to a point where it just does not matter. You realize that these, these people, they might as well not even exist. Um, if you get a nice, well thought out, lovely, constructive criticism, great. Love it. Somebody wants to say, hey, I really love this show. Awesome. Love it. But if you're just going to dig some somebody for whatever reason, I honestly, I see those now and they make me laugh because I'm kind of like, <laughs> you hated it, but you watched it. So who knows? Who knows? I just thought I'd throw that out there. But uh, yeah, so game plan tomorrow. We got a little bit heavier wind. So we got a plan. Uh, we definitely are going to do some fine tuning on the rig. We're going to do disassembly and cleaning of a winch. Um, and then I think we have a little bit of chart work to do because Steph's... Uh, Steph definitely likes the charts, the paper charts. And anytime anybody likes paper charts, dude, you got my attention. You got, I will show you whatever you want to know. I mean, there's so much fun. I, it's a chart plotter will never compare to the joy of watching your track line grow, you know, every six hours, every 12, every 24 hours on a paper chart in pencil that you draw. There's just nothing better with that little like, you know, one, two, zero, zero. Uh, you know, you got your time, you got your date and you got the draw. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And then it's a keepsake. It's a keepsake, people. It's great. Way better than a screenshot. All right. That's what I'm going out on. I'm sticking to it. Thanks for listening. Uh, I don't know if this will be part one. It'll probably be part one. This will be part one. So the first three parts into part one. Does that make sense? I don't know. I've been sailing all day. I'm excited. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. And until next time.